0: Welcome back to another episode of the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. This is season two. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former UC basketball player from 1997 to 1999 under the legendary coach, Bob Huggins. I was fortunate enough to wear the iconic Jordan brand unis during my time. Now you can follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Alex underscore Meacham. Meacham is spelled M-E-A-C-H-A-M. I'm also on Facebook and LinkedIn, Alex Meacham. I'm on Snapchat, Meech 41 And now, I can officially say this, on Season 2, I am now on TikTok, at AlexMeacham41. This is a special edition of the podcast, My interview series with a very special guest. Bearcat fans, I'm excited to welcome in this next Bearcat great to play for the Bearcats from 1994 to 1996 under the legendary coach Bob Huggins. Played in the NBA and also overseas from 1996 to 2010. 6'9 power forward from Rochester, New York. I'd like to welcome in, I think maybe the only Double zero in Bearcat history, Art Long. What's man, up, Art? What's going on, man? <laughs> man, it, it, it is great to have you on this podcast. Usually I do these by phone, mm-hmm. but ironically, you hit me up and said, I'm in Cincinnati. And I'm like, we got to get together in person and make yeah. this happen. So thanks for coming, man. How you been? You know,
1: it's not a problem. We're doing pretty good. You know, like I said, just working, taking care of my responsibilities, you know, living life
0: yeah for sure now the the, the crazy thing is doing this podcast um we're on episode 63 i've interviewed gosh 40 former players they've only <coughs> been like d'antonio wingfield's one and they're just like a couple former players that i really just don't know right you're one of them and i'm i know for me personally i'm excited to talk to you and and hear hear your story get the facts from you as we were talking prior to coming on here get the facts but also for bearcat fans to get to know art long and there's something like with with don tonio when the don tonio wingfield interview came out everyone was like yo i I didn't know don was like that man because don was gone he was in and out really quick yeah yeah right and and you were here too and then you were gone but i don't Mm -hmm. feel like bearcat fans really know you know art long so we're gonna accomplish that today but before we get to that At the beginning of every episode, I ask every player why they chose the number they chose to wear as a Bearcat. You chose double zero. I can't think of another double zero in Bearcat history. So I think you you live in that space. You're the only one. Why would you choose double zero? Well,
1: I mean, double zero was kind of unique to me. It was just so uh a number i thought it was a number that like you said that hadn't been seen in right. bearcat history i just wanted to be different i thought i could come in and you know set my mark you know you know make my records and let double zero be you know a, a a legendary number here for sure and it was just such a coincidence that bearcat wore double zero was that the bearcat
2: the
1: wears the de- mascot <laughs> So, so I, what I see now is like, well, I'm not the only one. So, <laughs> you know. So, well, but
0: you, you have like the perfect voice for mm-hmm. radio. Did you, anybody ever tell you that? Perfect voice for radio.
1: Like, no, seriously. <laughs> like, you could. You, voice I did, it, it's, yeah. it's
0: deep and smooth. Like you yeah. could you could do like radio. You should think about that. All right. Um, <laughs> let's let's go and rewind the tape. So these are long form interviews. So I like to go through the history of the person. So let's let's kind of rewind the tape and let's go back to Rochester, New York. Mm-hmm. Um for you as a young man growing up in that area, upstate New York, correct? Right, right. What was it like?
1: Um I mean, it was an experience. It was my life, you know, it's where I'm from. Um you know, I love my hometown, you know, what I mean, um I think I learned a lot. You know, kind of maybe kind of fast, but you know, um you know, that's where my know, fam- that's where my family's at, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's different, you know. Um, you know, throughout my career playing basketball, I was able to travel and, you know, um, be in different cities, you know, for example, Cincinnati, you know, you compare Cincinnati to Rochester and, you know, there's there's some comparisons, but, you know, um, home is going to always be home. For sure. So, you know, um, the thing about what's fun- so funny about being from Rochester and, Coming to school to Cincinnati, it's like I followed the, the Royals. <laughs> yeah, because I, 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 you know, the that's Rochester true. Royals, yeah. and then they, uh, they came to be the Cincinnati Royals, and then they also went to Sacramento, where I ended up right. going to play too. I, the Sacramento Kings were originally the Rochester Royals and Cincinnati
0: Royals. Yeah, small parallel there. So, um, what got you into basketball?
1: Um, it was, it was that's crazy. You asked that question because it was uh it was a, uh, it was back in when I was in the third grade. And I remember like it was yesterday, I watched a Magic Johnson and the Larry Bird game. My dad had to do a weekend of Army Reserve, and mm-hmm. I was at home. And I was just playing around, and the basketball game came on, and I watched Magic Johnson. And and all of a sudden, I wanted to start dribbling the ball like Magic. I wanted to shoot the hook. So as time went on, you know, in high school, I wore 32 because he was my idol. Right. Magic, magic was my guy, and, you know. Um, after that, I just started, you know. I played my my dad. I played started in third grade. Dad, want to play basketball? Want to play basketball? He took me to the playground and you know pushed me around. And my dad was one of those guys. You know, you could be three years old. He figured out you got to do the things he do at 20. He, right. I'm like, man,
2: I'm only a baby. I can't do that. My, <laughs> right. But
1: my dad pushed me. So, mm-hmm. you know, when I met coach when I met Coach Huggins, it was something like, you know, having like you know a new uh, my dad right back in the you know, where I came from. So, you know. Right.
0: Somebody to push you. Exactly.
1: You know, in the same way my dad did. So So were you always tall? One of the taller kids? I've always been one of the taller kids. Yeah. Which is unbelievable because you know at 69 you you know you right now even I was in college I, I was one of the bigger kids and that was one of the problems I had when we uh, my last game at UC if you may remember we played against Eric Dampier and Mississippi State. he was yeah he that was, was seven, at Lexington yeah he was well, 72 mm-hmm. and I looked at him I was like coach <laughs> what am i supposed to do with him he's too big <laughs> And Coach said, You better not soften up on me now and get out there now. Yeah, I was. I cried in tears. I felt like I left the team down that day. I
0: had four points. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember that lead eight game. Yeah, that gonna... was my
1: last game at UC. Yeah, I'll never
0: forget it. <laughs> We're definitely going to talk about that a little bit later. Yeah. So, um, any brothers,
1: sisters? Yeah, I got um, three brothers, uh, two sisters God bless My oldest sister passed away in 2010 from cancer. Oh,
0: I'm sorry to hear that.
1: Yeah, um, but um, you no, know, she's blessed. She's in a better place now. So, you know, um, you know, I still talk to my brothers and sisters. We always, you know, talk to each other, my nieces and nephews,
0: mm-hmm.
1: close-knit family.
0: So did, did uh, your siblings play basketball, or were you the only one? I um, mean, you the tallest one in the family? I
1: actually, I have the youngest, my youngest brother, who's actually about 6'8", maybe a little, 6'8", a couple quarters, 6'8 and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, he played a little bit in high school, and um, I actually uh, talked to the coach, I can't think of his name right now, at Cincinnati State. And I tried to get my brother, you know, to go. To, he was in school there. I got him enrolled in school in Cincinnati State, you know. Trying. Was it
2: Andre Tate at the time?
1: No, uh, it wasn't Tate. Okay. Um, who helped me with that? Was it T-Nell or t yep yeah, I can't remember, but my brother actually, you know, went to school to play basketball, but he just, you know, he wasn't focused enough to, you know, to go any further, you know, do mm-hmm. things that like I was able to do. But, but other than that, yeah, I had other brothers who uh, played little high school sports, you know, soccer, football, stuff like that.
0: And you went to East High
1: School? East High School. Correct. Right. Yeah, well, I also played football.
0: Okay. Well, yeah. well wide receiver?
1: De- uh, defensive end, tight end.
0: Okay, tight end. That yeah. makes yeah. sense. Come just on, man. Th- th- wide
1: th- receiver. Us for the soft guys, man. I'm a rough My bad. Man, My man, bad. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I played for Coach Huggins, man, you know. <laughs> True. True.
0: <laughs> so I assume they just, they just lobbed it up to you, told you to go well, get that's it.
1: That's across the middle. Yeah, right across the middle. I didn't know what I was doing. I, I took a, a few hits, you know what I mean. But it was fun.
0: Could there have been a career in football for Art Long if it wasn't basketball?
1: I actually had a. I got recruited for football. But, really? Um, From what schools? Um, it was. It were more like smaller schools coming out of high school. Okay. Um, I probably could. I probably would have, and you know, I probably would have tried to, you know, do both. If I, if, probably if I were, you know, my academics were a little better, mm-hmm. but I had to take the Juco route. And at that point in time in my career and, and, and life, you know, Juco, you didn't hear too much about people doing both. You know? Right, and, and, right. You, you know, was it Herschel Walker and Deion Sanders? You know, those guys were like people, amazing to people at that point in time. So. Right.
0: So let's talk about your career at East High School. Um, I was talking with Don Antonio, and, and I'm, I'm going to parallel you and Don Antonio a little bit because Don, Don was so big as a young kid as well and he was thrust right away at high school and you know playing varsity being an integral part of the team what was your high school experience like were you a freshman that was thrown right into the fire did you have to kind of grow and then become a varsity player talk to us about your experience in high school
1: i think it, when you meet players that I don't make it. I want to make it sound like I'm toot my own horn, but when you meet elite players, it, we all kind of go through the same thing. you yeah. kind of get thrown right into it. Um, coming out of, you know, uh, like I said, I played third, started basketball in the third grade. And in junior high, I played the seventh grade year, but my grades weren't you know as good as my dad uh, thought they should have been in my eighth grade year. So I, I set my eighth grade year out. And when I went back in the ninth grade to play, I played junior varsity. And I think I played a half a season of junior varsity, and I finished the season out on varsity. Mm-hmm. And that's like you know you get thrown right to the fire. I wasn't starting. I started ten, my tenth grade, eleventh grade, and twelfth grade year. But ninth grade, you know, I was coming off the bench and you know getting a few minutes here and there, just getting the experience. But um, yeah, you um, they you know is is I think that helps out a lot because once you for most players once you once you get the confidence you can, that you can play with these people. Like, going from high school to college, from college to anybody, once you get that confidence, and, you know, it's usually – it comes from the coaches and teammates, so and yeah, you get that. Sure. You can, yeah, you feel like you can play anywhere. You, you, you can do anything.
0: Now, was your game in high school, especially early on, and obviously you were you were a great high school basketball player, but were you still kind of more Magic Johnson? Were you were you posting up more? Were you trying to bring the ball up the court?
1: Yeah, you know, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> My game actually changed when I got to UC. You know, um, i was always been a 3-4 all my life. Mm. Um, even in high school, I, you know, I didn't I didn't dribble as much. I was more of a big man back to the basket. But once I went to junior college, I was more of a 3-4. Magic Johnson, like you said, the Magic Johnson. You look at my numbers and my style of playing junior college, and you'd be like, wow, what happened to him when he came to Cincinnati? You know, but, you know, that wasn't how a coach, you know, saw fit for me to play. Right. You know, um, we had, how he'd say, we had players to do certain things. And, you know, he had me to do, you know, I, I was what considered to be an athletic big man. Yeah, for but sure. But it was certain things that he would allow me to do, but it was also certain things that he didn't want me to do because he had players to do that. Yeah. But like I said, when I was in junior college, those other things, I was one of the guys. But so, you know, um I, I, I spent two years at UC, and, you know, that's that, that was, was probably long enough, and I probably didn't, Uh, focus on my game as much as I should have to, you know, to probably enhance it or get get better at certain things. But, you know, coming from junior high school to junior college, like, my game, like, definitely, definitely took a turn, you know?
0: So let's, let's jump into junior college. So Mm -hmm. out of high school, you went to junior college Mm -hmm. because?
1: Uh, Grades, academics.
0: And most people today aren't familiar with that because a, a lot of kids now go to prep school, mm-hmm. you know, do prep, and then they'll they'll hit college. But mm-hmm. now, um, back in the day, people would go to junior college. Your first stop at junior college was
1: my first junior college was at Independence Community College in Kansas. Kansas, right? Yeah, yeah I there. think
0: that's where did Rube Rube went there, right? Patterson, I think. Went he was I thought did Rube
1: he... went to Texas. I thought I can't remember.
0: Okay, I, I want to say he. Okay, you could be right. So um, Independence, yeah. so that was your first stop?
1: That was my first stop. I had some uh, off-the-court issues. I was out of there in eight weeks. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, and then I went to Dodge City. I actually went home for a couple of weeks, got a couple of calls uh, from schools recruiting me still. And um, mm-hmm. I went back to Kansas. Instead of going on the eastern side of Kansas, I went to the western side of Kansas now. We're Dodge City, Kansas. Okay. Where um I played a year, I had to sit out that year because of my eligibility, and I came back the following year, I played. And um, once again, I guess I was being art long and had some more (laughs) (laughs) off-the-court problems. And uh, you know, um, that's when uh, UC was recruiting me really hard at uh, Dodge City, and um, Coach Harrison, um, who I spoke with numerous times, you know, throughout my little altercation, my little situation in Dodge City, and you know, we were trying to, uh, you know, get the scholarship done, and the president of U.C. You know was a little you know skeptical about allowing me you know to come mm-hmm. play at U.C. and he wanted me to you know transfer and you know show him that I can you know do you know the things that I needed to do to be a you know positive uh, student here at U.C. So I had to I ended up transferring from Dodge City after that situation to Southeastern Burlington, okay. Iowa, and. um... You know everything. You know worked out pretty good. I end up getting honorable mention or something. There was I was on first team. I was I don't know something happened. I was they said I was on first team. thing you know I was on honorable mention. You know and um, everybody was telling me that I should have entered the draft. You know like didn't see big men put the ball on the floor like that you know mm-hmm. by that time you know kg and those guys hadn't really came out
2: mm-hmm. you
1: hadn't really seen those you know seven foot guys you know like you know like you had the Sam Perkins and those guys mm-hmm. then but they st- were just tall shooters they weren't bar handlers so here you know you have this six nine guy who can handle the ball athletic you know so um they were trying to get me to go straight to the NBA from Southeastern Burlington. and 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 uh, I was talking to an agent out of Chicago, and I was also talking to Coach Harrison, and Coach Harrison won the battle. Yeah. (laughs) Got me to sign with Cincinnati.
0: Larry Harrison's a great guy, man. Great guy. One of the the best. Um, So who were the other schools that were recruiting you at the time? <laughs> Very few because of the off court no, issues. I was. I was or I was,
1: a lot? Yeah, I was getting recruited by the nation at that point in time. When I was, you know, my off the court problems back then were were kind of small issues, and, and I don't think you know people paid attention because, like, you know, like even like today, you know, kids, you know, don't make the best decisions, mm-hmm. you know, um, and a lot of us come up, you know, basically come up living uh, somewhat a lonely life because. We don't have the mentors. We not. We all don't have the fathers, the uncles, and people to say what's right and wrong. And you know, and that was a big thing coming to Cincinnati that did help me out a lot. You know, having Coach Harris and Coach Lawyer, Coach Huggins, and Moyer and all those guys. You know, even having guys like Corey and Nick come back, T-Nell, those guys will come back. You know, and, and let you know when you do wrong. And you know, and you know, talk to you.
0: So, so. Help me out with this, and and this could be some great advice for for young players out there. You know, you are a you're a big time prospect. You know, you're going through the JUCO ranks, mm-hmm. six nine. People think you can go to the NBA, and you you're having off the court issues. So some people might ask, well, how could you how could you let yourself do that when you've got all this bright future ahead of you? So take us in the mind of Art Long and, and at that time, what's going on and, and why, you know, your, your mindset thinking, man, I could be in the NBA one day. It will happen. But these things keep happening. And I know you talked about mentors, but let, let's dive into your mindset at that point.
1: I think it's more or less like for a guy myself or coming from where I came from. I never, and you never really looked at, you know, tomorrow. You're kind of like more like let's live for the moment. Mm-hmm. And I never knew after high school what was my next step. I never knew after college, after JUCO, what was my next step. Even after, when I was playing basketball for UC, I never thought I had a chance to play in the NBA. I never thought about that. Hmm. Um, I was just playing basketball because it was something I loved to do. You know, um, and Coach Huggins, you know, he asked me that same question. I told him, I, he, I, don't know what I'm gonna do after school, Coach. And a um, couple of days later, um, he pulled a gym into the gym after practice, and um, he was like, uh, "You know, this guy." I was like, "No, no." He's like, "Well, this is a gym manager for Portland Relators.
2: Okay.
1: And um, he, you know, he wanted to introduce himself to. He just watched through practice today. And, um, he was like, yeah, Mr. Long, you know, you're, you're, you're a different type of guy, you're athletic. And, you know, he kind of telling me about myself and, you know, it goes on to tell me like, even though you're only averaging like seven points and five rebounds at the time that you will still be a uh, top pick to play, uh, to play in the NBA and telling me that I had a chance to play in the NBA.
0: Now this is towards the end of your senior year? This is was towards
1: the end of my senior okay. year. Yeah, And, um at that point in time is when I really thought that, well wow, they're playing the NBA. You know, so I thought about it, but still that was that probably lasted a couple days. And then we were right back at work for the next game. You got coach yeah. screaming at you, you don't think about that <laughs> stuff and you just play ball. And you know, I got invited to all the camps. So you like I said, you know, it is something that just happened. So you you really were living in the moment? In the moment, just not knowing what was my next move, my next step, you know, that's something something that I think a lot of kids that's in this profession or just professional sports alone go through.
0: Yeah. So do you advise young people that are in the position maybe that you were to have the foresight to think ahead, to to plan, say, okay, I could be in? Would that help out during that process? It
1: definitely could help out. But the thing I think now that's different from now, and then when I played, like, younger guys come up thinking more about uh, the financial status or families, or you know, just being able to make some money. And, like I said, I just sat here and said, like, when I was coming up, I was just happy to be able to play basketball. And I was, you know, to go to UC in bed, play in front of 15,000, mm-hmm. hear that roar when I dunked the ball one time, or I block a shot. And like, it's, Sends a a chill down your spine, like you know, Shoemaker. Like, you go past there now. And I I haven't been in the gym. It's like I go in there. I just want to stand there. It's like I wish I could play a game right now, you know?
2: (laughs) For sure.
0: Yeah. For sure. Mm -hmm. So, why did you choose UC? Was it the relationship with Coach Harrison you looked at as like, man, this could be a family to me?
1: Well, just the whole coaching staff Coach Harrison, Mueller, a lawyer, Coach Huggins. They were all, uh, those were the mentors that I had that I didn't have in the past. Mm. You know, um, Coach Harrison mainly, you know, because he was the number one recruit who recruited me, and you know, he stuck by my side. And at times, I could come to practice and have a bad practice, or just walk in and not look right. You know, he could pull you to the side and, you know, and get your head together. We'd we'll have a little talk with you, or tell you to come in his office afterwards. And Coach Hugs was the same thing, same way.
2: Yeah,
1: Coach Hugs would tell you get on the line and run you to your legs for like a bowl of Jello. And then you then pull you an office and say, hey guys we're going to dinner. And like, like, coach, you just kill <laughs> <dinner." laughs> like right. you. So right. you know, they, they teach you and they you know, they give you love in a way that you haven't received it. And you know, that's kinda of big when you go to another city and you don't know nobody and You're far you know, from home, man. Far from home. You you gotta have that. And and that's what made us big at U C and I think that's what continues to make us big because, you know, what Coach did, what he installed in us is, like you said, family. And that's like now when we see the guys, Damon, I uh, talk to Don Burton all the time. And when I see Corey, you know, it's, we all brothers. Like yeah. even some of the new guys, they don't even know me when they see me. They don't even know who I am. Yeah. To, like, you know, so. They're going to know now. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> you know, a lot of new guys, They don't. I don't know them, you know. Yeah. Like uh, I watched a few games last year and they had one tall guy, I forget his name. I believe his number is 33. And
0: uh, Chris, <coughs> um, big Chris. He real but, tall. And, yeah. and
1: I see so much talent in him, but I say, he, he kind of remind me of myself. He's mm-hmm. just rushing in shot. I'm like, yeah. he just take his time. He, he's a lottery. He don't know it. Yeah. But you know, I haven't got a chance to sit down and meet the coach and, well, we're going to you know, change that, Art. We'll get, Trust that'd be, me, that'll be nice. We're, we're,
0: nice. No, we'll yeah. get you with Coach Brandon. We're going to talk about that at the end. We'll get you. Yeah. We'll get you plugged in because I've got a little program set up where a lot of these former players can go back and, and meet with Coach and uh, talk to the team, yeah. um, which That's I believe. Great. I believe, and I don't, don't want to get too far into this right now, but um, I believe that. And I told Coach Brandon the other day, we should have former players mentoring current players. So if you mentored. Chris, mm-hmm. the young man, you were talking about like you would have some great advice for him. You played professionally, right. and you could give him some nuggets. Maybe that, maybe coaches telling him, but he's not hearing it the way you might say it, and he hears it. Yeah. So we we definitely want to right. get that, and I'll talk about that a little bit more. But you chose U C. Um, you come in 1994, and I talked to um, a lot of the players, um, and I experienced this. But when you first get here and you experience a Bob Huggins practice that first week <laughs> can you tell Bearcat fans what that was like for you?
1: I mean you know like you said when you first get here you're excited I mean you, you, you feel like you made it to you know the prime time you want to be on ABC as and on that and mm-hmm. so when you first get in those those practices that you know those that the first couple you' like you know it's this is where I want to be you know because you know Coach Huggins is smart he's not going to jump on your he's not jumping on your back right away no question he's not going to break you so what he does is you know he lures you in so those first couple practices weren't too bad until we you know get closer to the season starting and that's when Coach Huggins becomes Coach (laughs) Huggins
0: you're like who the fuck is this dude (laughs) so
1: now, now now you're looking around and confused and like me and Danny used to do it all the time. Like man, what the hell is wrong? Like we get running? Why you, he don't know we? He go, we ain't got no legs. Yep. We were just talking and whispering, and and if Coach caught that. He would just get on the line. He would, what? What did we do? <laughs> <laughs> and you'd be confused, but it was it would you be? Uh, it was, did you
0: struggle with that at the beginning? With the running? No, with with, you know how he would coach you at practice. The yelling, it was, the it screaming. Was just, it was just confused.
1: That that wasn't a problem because you know, like I said, you. Coaches in high school, all, all my my coach, high school coach, and my last coach in junior college, uh, Coach Wyatt, was somewhat similar to that. Okay, that style, you know, they they were perfectionists, just like Coach Huggins, and they they tried to pull the best out of you. And um, maybe it was just me, cause I got it, you know, on all levels, you know, maybe, you know, like the, the coach would, and I would get my detention focused on me. I can't, like I said, I don't like to toot my horn because I was one of the better players on the team or whatever, but. You know, coaches tend to see if you are a guy with talent to, like you said, try to push you a little bit mm-hmm. more. And sometimes that do become to be a little tough. And Coach Huggins, you know, the first year was a little different. Like it was tough. Like you, you were like, man, like this dude is just. I mean, is he? Is he? Is he? A, do we understand that we're human? Like, do we think <laughs> like and get up at seven in the morning, lift weights, go to class, then we got practice right after class and and then if, if practice don't go good enough, he just wants you to run for a few hours. I mean, like, man, what is he make? he running us yeah. for? Yeah. And then you get on the court and you're playing against somebody like Xavier. Mm-hmm. And you're just running them, you know, just running circles around them. Like, you just running on Even though it's a crosstown shootout, just they, you know, they might be in the game because it's, you know, it's the, it's the crosstown shootout. Right. You know, but we, you know, we, I think, did we beat them both times? You know, we lost one four point. We beat. Them. We the, went over there. We swapped out that year. I think we went to Xavier and beat them. They came over here and beat us. But you know that'd be the fun thing when you when you work out and you had those practices with coach. You go in in those games and you find yourself in better shape than other teams. You'd be amazed. For sure.
0: <laughs> now I, I, I'm sure you were like many other former players didn't understand all the Hugs tactics at that time. Later on, yeah. you understood those tactics and. But that, but that's life. You, you wish, you like what I know now. I wish I, I would have known, you then. but you can't. Go back. You can't go back. That's right. that's life. So going into your first year, art. What were your expectations? Because from a fan standpoint, I think expectations were definitely high for the Bearcats. Um, I know many wish Don Todio would have come back. Year, um, yeah. And I talked with Don, and he would have come back if he had a meeting with Hugs, but he canceled that meeting. And signed with an agent. And yeah. he said if he would have sat down and talked with Hugs, he would have come back. And I'm like, wow, imagine, you know, Don is a piece with yeah, all was, you
1: guys. That was the big thing a part of my recruit. Um, Coach Harrison and Coach Hugs fed to me. You know, we had uh me and Danny had came in that year together and we were, you know, coaching them. was talking about me, Danny and Antonio, you know, the big three at UC. Mm. And um which would have been that would that would have like you said, that would have been something that would have been and I would have loved to have seen that.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> we went I mean, I think we definitely would have went further than Elite Eight and Sweet Sixteen, my two years here. You
0: put okay, let me break this down. You, Danny, mm-hmm. D B Burton, mm-hmm, Donnell Burton. Damon Flint, Lazelle, Pick your poison. Like Keith Legree. <laughs> like uh, Marco Wright. Yeah, we, man.
1: And we had guys coming off the bench, Julius Jackson, Jackson Jules. Like I mean, we were we were we were we were loaded that year and the few games what was it the, the was it four games we lost, five games, whatever we lost were just basically us beating us. I remember we 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 played Kinesis on abc i believe it was a sunday twelve o'clock game <laughs> why did we play an abc game at twelve o'clock this is my first year in cincinnati we played an abc game on 12 30 and we we young not making the right decision saturday night we out all night we go in and play Kinesis on sunday and they beat us by 20 I, in the I, shoe i remember that you know what uh, we thought we was going to the locker room to speak to coach and we were leaving to go back home to rest we were, running, we were running the stairs for the gym, and that, after they cleared the gym out, they, he didn't even let them clean the gym. <laughs> we were running the stairs yeah. for the rest of the night, mm. while he's sitting downstairs drinking a Dr. Pepper. Yeah. You sure no, it was a Dr. Pepper? Yeah, he was definitely drinking Doctor Pepper. He had him a big, <laughs> he had him a big Cuban, but he had a Doctor
2: okay, Pepper. Okay, okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah that something. with them. And and we running
1: and talking and talking trash. And Dan, I used to love it because Danny and Damon were the funniest. You know, Damon would start off just making a joke out of it, but after he get tired, then he want to start cussing Coach out. Yeah, like, come on, Coach, what are you doing? I'm not even, I'm not big, I'm quit. That's <laughs> yeah, right, quit. You know he ain't going nowhere. But those were the days, and like you said, you don't know what it's for. Yeah. we we just lost a game. And we we did, we felt like we gave it our all. But Coach knew we hadn't gave it all. He could see. He knew what was wrong with us. We didn't have no legs So I'm going to run y'all. I'm going to get everything. I'm let y'all sweat it out of y'all. And get y'all in some shape. Get prepared for the next game. Because we ended up playing the, the, the Constellation. It was a, a Thanksgiving a Christmas tournament. And I think we had to play Marshall
2: mm-hmm. for
1: the Constellation game or whatever, whatever that was. And, man, we put a beating on them boys. Mm. We were... Our coach was mad. We, I mean, we we put a – I think we, me and Danny didn't even play, I think, the fourth quarter of that game.
0: Really? Yeah. So, you know, sometimes – and I know coaches don't like to hear this, but you, you can learn a lot from a loss. And, Co- and, and Coach Huggins used to – he used to hate that. I remember mm-hmm. he would always say, like, why, why do you have to lose to learn? Right. Why can't we, you know, do that through winning? But mm-hmm. I do believe that, though. Like sometimes when you have teams as talented – as you guys were, you kind of get big-headed. You're like, oh, man, we got studs here at practice, man. Mm -hmm. You go into it, and you're like, well, any given night, you could be beaten regardless of your talent if you don't put forth the effort and focus. Well, that's
1: that's the mentality that coach gives you.
0: Yeah, for sure. Because
1: our practices were harder than a lot of our games, at least 95% of our games. No question. I mean, um, like I said, it 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 might be a little different now, but like I said, even when you you have guys you got guys come in uh anthony buford uh cory blunt we playing in the summer league. Corey cory hit me with that elbow one time I'm like, man is that legal <laughs> right you know and he, you playing in the summer but now you're learning you're like i'm like man well if he can do it I can. Do, and you know and that's the stuff that like you said man i just i just wish i had the opportunity to, now that i know all this to go back and do it all over again. You know, I don't regret anything, but man, it's just like it was right there for us.
0: And and that's the thing with life, man. You mm-hmm. just you know you, you are you can't go back and redo things, but you can impart that knowledge onto the next group of kids, right. the next young people, and that's exactly. as as powerful as you going back, knowing exactly. you've impacted somebody mm-hmm. else, whether it's your children. You know, say hey, learn from this. Like exactly. this is this is hand me down hand me down knowledge. Um, that i'm giving you so um you did you did well your first year i mean you know 12 and eight mm-hmm. my first um, year i did a lot better than my second yeah number mm-hmm. yeah statistically you're definitely number 12 and eight yeah. and that was with you know you know i think definitely a good a very very good um group of guys there um did that first year for you personally go the way you thought it would go i know you, i believe you guys lost uh, second round to connecticut that year mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Did, did that first year go for you personally the way you wanted it to go from a developmental standpoint
1: i can't really say that it did or, or it didn't but you know we all every you know as a as an athlete we all strive for greatness to you know, sure. try to be the best and you know to to do that you have to win championships mm. And I think that's something that we set a goal at when we first. I remember in, in the team, in our team meeting, we talked about you know, winning the championship because you know we had Keith DeGree transfer over from Louisville, yep. and we had some nice pieces with Bobby Brandon and like I said, you know, like Damon was you know a high recruit class, and you know myself and Danny, and we just felt that we had, we, just, we just felt that we had the pieces it, with, Liz, with it being Lizelle's senior year, and him being one of the big time shooters like. We thought we could win a championship, mm-hmm. so it was like that's you know that or nothing. So I can't say that I was expecting us to do it, but I, that's what we that's what we set our goals to do. And so when we lost to Connecticut, yeah, I mean, so it's not what I wanted or expected. Right. You know,
0: like, and I want to say this, Art. So, I, looking back, if you look at Hugs's era at the University of Cincinnati and you look at the type of player that fit well with Huggs and, and kind of he looked for guys to to be part of that puzzle, you definitely fit the mold of that player. Like, in my eyes, you are definitely that type of Huggins player. Um, and what I mean by that, obviously you have the athleticism, but you've got the, the, the toughness, and you've got the attitude. And you brought all that. And I remember when you were here, I was like, does this dude ever smile? Like, I, mm-hmm. I've i never seen you smile. Like, pictures, yeah. like, you go Google pictures, you ain't find any pictures of Art smiling. <laughs> like, he came in with a level of toughness. And that's what hugs, I think, when, when Coach Harrison brought you to his attention, mm-hmm. like, you were a guy that was like, "Yeah, we gotta have that." If you think about like Eric Hicks yeah. and other guys like Jason Max they had that same type of toughness.
1: A down low tough presence for sure. And that's 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 like you said, that's just really Bearcat basketball. Absolutely. I mean, you, like I said, you see a little difference in it today's, you know, because obviously we have different coaches and stuff like that. But like I was telling you about the one guy, I forget his name again, thirty-three, Chris. Yeah, wrote. yeah. They they don't have Mick. We had Mick. I came to UC, I was weighing, I think I was weighing something like 220 pounds. Mm-hmm. By the time I stepped in the court for my first game, I was 235. Mm. You couldn't tell me nothing.
0: You talking about Mickey Maradi, the strength, Maradi, coach. strength
1: yep. coach? I think he was at Ohio State now or something like that. Correct. And um, you couldn't tell me nothing. Yep. I'm 50 pounds heavier, and my get that's what which changed my game. But mm-hmm. You know, putting the ball on the floor. But now I'm strong enough to you know move people around. And, I, and when I do it, my coach congratulate me. So it's like you're like a newborn kid. You're like okay, this is what you want me to do? Oh yeah, I'm enjoying this. Oh you yeah, like this? Okay, oh, do it again. All oh, right. Just, this. So you know that became that became my game, and like that became Bearcat basketball. You know, um, and we weren't the first to start it. You know, like you said, Harry Hicks and all those guys before us, Anthony Buford. Then you got you know the Final Four team. You know. Mm. You know, so you know, that was just the style of play. Yeah. And, you know, with Coach Huggins. But, you know, I think we set a trend here at Cincinnati, you know, like everybody still talk about the Bearcat trap. Mm hmm. You, yep. you know, yep. and, you know, that's something that, you know, I felt that, you know, they should get back to. That's what we're known for, you know, just like you said, that aggressive, powerful play.
0: Yep. And at times that bully ball. I mean, like yeah. you said, you went from, <laughs> you know, game 15 or whatever pounds yeah. Yeah. and, I mean that was a Huggins trait that hey Mickey, I need you to turn some of these dudes into football players on the court. We are, if we're not gonna have, you know, in some cases the McDonald's All-Americans yeah. all on the bench, mm-hmm. the five-star guys, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna beat them up on the and, court.
1: And that's the thing, we we were all that, but the way, you know, like you say, man, and when you say bully ball, make sure you explain to the people that you know it wasn't straight bully ball, it was basketball played at a level that you know a lot of people hadn't wasn't ready for yeah you know because coach huggins set us put us in like he was basically preparing us for the next level mm-hmm. because even when i got to the next level you know i remember one time i was i was coming into the game and i walked past tim duncan and he was like man he come on strong as i heard long yeah and i was like wow. you know just thinking in my head you know thanks coach you yeah. <laughs> i, <when> I <laughs> right. leaned down next to him you know but yep. that's what i've yep. always been known for just having that you know that physical presence
0: do you think that Huggs was ahead of his time as far as that's concerned of players stepping on a court, I mean, with, I mean, just physically stronger than a lot of teams?
1: Coaching-wise, I, yeah, I felt like Don't you coach, think so? he was definitely so because Coach wanted to play like I want to say how Golden State played today. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't mind me shooting threes at first, and then I wasn't doing it, and he told me to stop. Cause I, cause I, and, and then i shoot one and make it, and he, even though if I made it, he'd still take me out of the game and be walking by the bench looking at me. <laughs> just, all he, you know what? I, this could be the three-point line. I could take one step over that line and shoot as many times, and he wouldn't take me out of the game. Mm. I'd be like, Coach, but it's just one step. But it's a three, yeah. and you can't shoot him. <laughs> That's just the mindset get to it. So, yeah. so he take you out and shoot three. Yeah, I take I take that one step. But I know if I get the shot here, I'm gonna make my man where I can get here. Yeah, that closer to the basket. I said, Coach, do you think about it after the, you know, like you said now, and you think about it, and you be like,
0: man, did you ever think about transferring, leaving UC? Yes. You want
1: to finish this and- podcast? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Man, I
1: never, How, never. I, I want to go back to UC. It's about leave UC, man. I love UC, I, I yeah. Cincinnati. You know, not even just UC. The city of Cincinnati, you know, just did so much for me. I never thought about leaving, Coach. Okay, fan, That was my like family. It. All my my guys, you know. Like, yeah,
0: for sure. I remember
1: I came on my visit with Corey them, and they put me and took me in the dorms, and then they took me to the. Uh, it was a little a little nightclub. I forgot the name of it. Uh oh. They took me in a nightclub, and I was like, man. If I can sign now, I would. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I said Corey. I said just wait, man. We gonna take you see Coach Rob. Let's <laughs> take you see Coach Rob. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna sign in Corey, man. That's my big brother right there, Corey. Mm-hmm. Like he, I still talk to him, and you
0: know, Corey just laid back. And yeah. He's doing real
1: good for himself. Yeah, I think he just opened up a pizza shop or something. Um, he
0: did open up a. That's right. Yeah, that's so, right.
1: You know, like you know that that be bad, but they always. Uh, He's a great. He did.
0: We did uh, two podcasts mm-hmm. with Corey. Yeah. I mean, his story is incredible.
1: Everybody, that's that's Final Four. You got to know that. Anyone knows that's Final Four. Like yeah. we look at it, we made it to the Elite Eight, knowing that we shouldn't. We should have beat Mississippi State. I, I just man, I can't. That's crazy. But you know, leave leave Cincinnati. Leave UC. I'm actually in the process of possibly moving back to Cincinnati. So yeah, I could never I think about leaving UC. Coach Huggins. Was, he was tough, but he wasn't tough enough. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs>
0: that tough love. Hey, let's... So, we are going to get into your last um, season with the Bearcats, but mm. let's talk about something that when I tweeted out that you were coming on the podcast, mm. my Twitter blew up. Um, and, and, and listen, I think art. there there are a lot of players that have come in here and that have, that have left and played that a lot of, I think... Um, fans have have heard from heard their stories you know terry nelson Corey blunt you mentioned anthony buford a lot of these guys their stories are out there but guys like yourself i don't feel like your whole story has been told and all the facts are out there and when i tweeted out that i was going to interview you bearcat fans were excited because they never heard your story let alone i don't even know if people heard you actually talk (laughs) like you know what i'm saying like really really talk about things so i want to clear the air and i want to talk about the incident with the horse and that was that's like the most mr. Tweeted. ed
1: <laughs> actually you
0: know what the horse's name was
1: i thought it was mr. ed no it's toby toby yeah it <laughs> was toby it was toby <laughs> it was, yeah. we,
0: we, it's in an article yeah. in an article they keep referring to the horse as toby like as a as a person that nah. we, we were cracking up about that but okay if if you don't mind and then and, and listen, you I said know. before we, you know, started yeah. this, hey, I'm open to talk about whatever. Yeah, it's not a problem. Talk about what happened and clear the air on your side and there's just so there's so many different versions of this. I'ma let Man, you talk. That was,
1: that was that was a long, long night. You know <laughs> what I mean, that was crazy. Old Toby <laughs> Old Toby. Oh Toby. Yeah. I could I couldn't believe that, you know when I I woke up the next morning and coach them called me into the office that they said I punched you know the horse you know I'm like
0: So wait a minute. Hugs called you
1: Well you know we had well, they arrested us but, that uh, night that night so when we got bailed out went back to the dorm coach Harrison took us back to the dorm so the next day we had to go report to the, the big man Uh-oh Yeah <laughs> so
0: I could I could already hear that it was,
1: it was, <laughs> and it was it was crazy I believe it was a Friday night and a friend called me over you know, to have some drinks. So okay. I said, Danny, what you doing, man? Because, you know, me and Danny was like, you know, on campus, everybody, you don't want to hang out with us. Danny, what you doing? I, I said, my little homegirl said, come on and have some drinks. So we go over there and we have some drinks. And it's just us three, me, her, and, and Danny. Okay. And we, you know, we kind of like, wait, finished the bottle. You okay. Know, and say, well, Danny, ready to go. So, All right, let's go, Danny. We are we ready. We're going up to B-Dubs, BW3s mm-hmm. up there on uh." In Clifton. Yeah. So as we, uh, approaching BW3, right there, right by the plaza where Kroger's was at. We, I'm pulling up to a stop sign. I'm driving. Danny's in the passenger seat and, uh, it was an officer who at the time was on top of Toby. <laughs> <laughs> I love where he was going. <laughs> He was giving the guy a ticket and Danny didn't like it because the guy had, uh, The guy jaywalked across the street and the the guy, the officer was gonna give him a ticket for jaywalking. Right. So Danny yelled out the window, come on man, why'd you giving him a ticket for? You need to leave him alone. Find something to do with yourself. You know, he just, you going in on the guy. So I said, man leave the cop alone, what are you doing? So I turned the signal light on and I hurry up and turn and go towards BW3s cause Danny just fussing at the cop for no Mm -hmm. reason. So by the time I turn the corner complete, I see forward towards BW3s. Now if you remember back then, you know, You know, basketball team doing pretty good, you know, everybody. So everybody's out. Yeah. You know, know, the the campus is, you know, having a good night. So when I turn the corner, I look ahead right there on BW3. You got a bunch of people, but you got a line of white shirts from one corner to the next for police officers. Uh Uh-oh. So I'm pulling up real slow, and I'm looking for a parking spot, so I won't have to go all the way down to these police we don't see one, mm-hmm. so I had to go all the way to the stop sign. I stopped, and when I get there, the police formed a line to tell me to turn to the right and pull over. They directed me to the right, so I'm like, what's going on here, officer? As I'm turning, they're like, just pull the car over and turn it off. I said, me? They said, yes, yeah, you, Mr. Long. So I pulled the car over. So they over. knew who you were? They knew who I was okay. right away, yeah. Okay. So when I pulled the car over, we were sitting in the car, and um, they give us tickets because for some odd reason, when I called Danny, I walked out. Didn't have my license on him. Mm.
2: Uh,
1: we had been drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't have our seatbelts on. <laughs> so we get, we get, we get, we get a, a, a pound of tickets. And um, they said, "Well, okay, you guys, um, not going to jail tonight, but you know you'll have to appear in court and handle these tickets. And you guys, you guys can go home, just park the car, and have somebody come get it because you know we're five two minute walk from." from campus. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, we'll park. And uh, I said, I'll go, Danny, get out. So I parked the car right there in the back of BW3s. And I get out, and I'm walking up towards BW3s. Now, there's a thousand people up there. They already screaming at the cops, like, why y'all pulling them over? Y'all leave them alone. Y'all know that's all right. Danny, leave them alone. Right. So now I'm coming, everybody getting roused up. Like, ah, Danny up there in the middle, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm coming, and I'm like, so the horse is... Toby, Toby is sitting to the side, <laughs> Toby. Yeah, with the officer on top of him, and there was this kid, um, you know, like rubbing on Toby's face, rubbing him. So I, you know, felt like I wanted to rub Toby too. <laughs> so, so I walked up to the officer. What happened? I don't think the officer saw me coming. This is why he expanded his story, enhanced his story. Okay. Because when I walked up behind the officer, he only thing he saw was my hand going like this, and, and, which is an impetent motion. Okay. And as soon as I pet Toby, boom, and the second time my hand hit Toby, boom, a cuff came across my wrist, boom, and they snatched my hand. I snatched my hand back. What are you doing? What are you doing? I can't pet your horse. He can pet your horse. I can't. Because there was a white guy petting his horse. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, what the heck? He can pet your horse? I can't. He's like, you hit my horse too hard. I hit your horse too hard, so I'm snatching my hand back. He's jumping off the horse. Now all these officers coming down to uh, put me in cuffs. Uh-huh. Danny and a bunch of guys from the uh from UC said, Danny gets upset. Will you guys leave him alone. Y'all just gave him all those tickets for nothing? Danny's mad. They literally put Danny in cuffs and hog tied him and put him in the back seat of a car. Mm. And um I'm like, so now I'm upset, but I'm in cuffs and I'm what are they all doing, what's going on? And it was it was all for nothing. The officer was upset basically because of who we were, and we weren't basically going to jail that night mm-hmm. because he was upset with Danny screaming at him, and I believe he just felt that you know it should have been more done. When I mean we were kids, Danny just, he blurred out. You know, leave him alone. It wasn't like he right you know broke the law he, you right. know. But no, it was it was um, that was an experience that I believe. um, didn't didn't kill my career, but it definitely helped as far as not allowing me to go and, you know, do the things I believe, you know, the things I could have done and should have probably could have done. I mean, I got a second chance. I don't blame it on that. I got a second chance and, you know, I still did the things that, I, you know, I wasn't supposed to do to put me in that situation. But um, the horse incident was a big part of it, you know, that that changed my life when it comes talking about basketball. Yeah. Um, you know, that was a, a personal experience. It wasn't even, I, I wasn't, it wasn't, I got off. It was my name talking about I hit the horse, but it was all because Danny screaming at the officer. I never hit the horse. So it's
0: Danny's fault.
1: Yeah, it was Danny's <laughs> fault. He'll tell you. So. Danny, did we laugh about it.
0: <laughs> to clear the air, mm-hmm. Art Long never punched the horse. No.
1: Nah. The, the, and the crazy thing about it, my lawyer, I remember like it was yesterday, his name was John Ballou. And we were in a courtroom because we had to actually, I had to actually took it to trial. Like, I can't, I never, I said, I, my hand was wide open. How could he say I punched a horse? So the lawyer was like, yeah, I don't understand. Why would he say you would punch a horse, 2,500 pound horse, when they train him with two by fours? And mm-hmm. that's what he took to court. We took a two by four in the courtroom and he wanted to call Toby as a witness. The judge wouldn't allow it.
0: Wait, wait, wait. He was going to call the horse? As a witness. <laughs> oh, this is, this is
1: too good. <laughs> because uh, he said, he was making his point that- Damn, Toby. How could you say this guy at 230-some pounds punched that horse and hurt that horse or even assaulted that horse? Because that's what they were charging me with, assault on a police officer. I was assault on Toby, the police officer. Wow. And um, I'm like, man, I, didn't do, I was I was so nervous. boy. You no, know, I, I, I have you know, I'm used to getting in my little petty misdemeanors problems and stuff, in here and there now they talking about assault on a police, horse and I could possibly get job. I'm like, man, I'm just, I don't know nothing, I'm fussing, I'm. Mm-hmm. But they, you know, I got a decent lawyer and he um helped me with the situation, and it was like I said, it was the funniest thing. He told the judge, he said, Mister Your Honor, they train them with two by fours. Yeah. And I would like to bring Toby up here. <laughs> and the, the judge sat there and looked at him. He called him to the bench, and they had a little discussion at the bench, and um. That's when the judge dismissed it because he said, "Yeah, this is nonsense." Even the officer said when he punched me, punched him with an open hand. So how could you punch a horse with an open hand? And if they train him with two by fours, yeah. how could an open hand, you know, hurt a horse? But it had already hit the airwaves, ESPN. Oh, um, well, it was all over. Yeah, I had a uh, NBA uh, GMs giving up on me, like thinking, like you know, well, the kid, because I, I had a uh, had a situation my uh, my daughter's mom at the time we got into our argument. The neighbor called the police I remember I called it domestic violence mm-hmm. just for our an argument and so those two things kind of made people fall back on me and made me people looked at me like, you know well this guy' just been a problem child all his life you know and it's it's not so much that you know I'm a problem child i'm just a I'm just a man I stand up for whatever like you know what i mean if i'm if you saying it's me i'm a and I know I didn't. And I know I didn't. And I know I didn't. I didn't do it. Of course I'm gonna not argue with you. I'm gonna try to lay the facts out for you. But mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna back down and just sit here and you know. I don't know I would never. You know I never tell nobody that it was because of Danny. You know my career didn't go the way it was because of Danny. I felt like I had a chance to play in the NBA because Danny was my big dog. Yeah. You know he did what he did on the basketball court and he helped us all. I mean, shit, I'm not. Shit, I'm not upset with that anymore because he yelled at the guy for the horse. That's yeah, my guy. You know? Right, right. Like I told you, that's, that's my brother. Like, you know what I mean? A bearcat loves all
0: day. Well, let me tell you a story. <laughs> so a couple years ago, mm-hmm. I went to West Virginia to watch Hugs coach. And the night before his game, he invited me over to his house. I was with my my good friend. And we stayed in Hugs's basement. And he's got like this bar. West, have you ever been to his house in West Virginia? So he's got this this bar in the in the basement. And we sat in that bar in, in his favorite spot in the house. I mean, I don't think he leaves that his spot. His
1: bar. You, you, know, you understand what his, you're talking about? His bar. I do. I do.
0: He broke out a bottle of okay, now I'm not familiar because I'm not from the south. I'm not right. as familiar with this stuff. He broke out, and this was a couple years ago, Moonshine. Moonshine? are you familiar with moonshine I
1: hear about it I never
0: drink it so, so I didn't either he broke out moonshine he poured it in a cup mm-hmm. and he put and he said here his moonshine I'm like I don't, this sure. smells like gasoline, gas, kerosene yeah. like, or something I don't know about this so we we were dreaming so we are just talking and, and going back and forth about a lot of different stories and I said to him one of the things I said Art I said hugs I gotta know did Art punch that horse <laughs> and he took a sip of that moonshine he looked at me and he went Absolutely not. He goes. That was the biggest crock of shit. Yeah. He was like, "I saw the police report. The guy lied. He did not punch the horse." Mm-hmm. So I've I've known that for a long time, and I've told people that. So now I'm glad for you to clear that
1: air. Even crazier about that story, Well, the officer knew who man Danny was, but I didn't know he also knew Corey nicking on him because uh, just so happens after that incident took place. Um, big Brother Corey had a little... I think it was a birthday party or something at his house. It was somewhere way out. And uh, me and Danny get get there kind of late. And we you w- have to go in his house through the garage door. So we'd go in the garage and go into the, the house. Mm-hmm. So when I opened that door to go into the house, there was a, a sitting area to my right. And... You couldn't take a guess in a million years who was the first person I saw when I walked in that party.
0: That officer was sitting there.
1: Sitting right there having a drink. Wow. <laughs>
0: That's crazy.
1: And he was talking about he wanted to apologize to me and everything. but Really? I am like, you know, I didn't think about it then because, you know, I, you know, like I said, we were young, and I didn't think about how much it, you know, kind of, you know, damaged my career a little bit, you know, because of people, what they thought about me. But – I was just like, you know, people do stuff like that, and they don't even think, like, you know, what you're doing for or to a person. Like, How could know? it affect their life? Exactly.
0: What did you What'd you say to him? N-
1: nothing. I just shook his hand. He stood up and, you know, apologized that, you know, we went through that, and I kind of spun off from him, and that was it. You know, like I said, I'm not going to dwell on it. I would, yeah. It wasn't, you know, I don't s it's, it's not me. No whole grudges. I don't know.
0: But I like, mean you I had to be to... shocked to see him sitting there. I was. I
1: was I would tell, I'm talking about when I walked in the house and I asked Corey, what is he doing there? I mean he's like, man, you cool. go cool. that's the cool. And Corey's always the kind of who the guy who always saved me. Uh, Corey always, you know, that's that yeah. <laughs> something else, man. Corey's great people. Yeah, yo. I, I, you don't you don't meet people like him and Nick is, that often. You mm-hmm. know, Nick has got a lot going on and he got a lot of people put on this turk coat And Corey's the same way, but now that he's not even, you know, dealing with that that life anymore you know, in the NBA and stuff, you know, he can kind of sit back and, you know, be himself. But Corey, like, is a good dude, man. Good heart, big heart. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And that's somebody I kind of felt like, you know, I always portrayed myself to be like. Especially yeah. when, the, that's what they told me when I you, oh, he looked just like Corey Blunt. He plays just <laughs> like Corey Blunt. Yeah. Uh, and so ever since then, that was my big brother. Yeah, you know, he, and, and when he would be on campus, he'd be like, "Hey, little bro," and I'd be like, "Yeah, my big brother. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, so he got Corey Blunt calling you, little bro. For sure. You know, yeah, I'm walking around with my head high and chest out, you know. So but he always looked after me.
0: Well, that's a that's a gold nugget to the story, though, that the fact that later on you end up seeing that same cop. that would have been crazy if Toby was
1: at the, party. <laughs> at the party. If I'd have pulled up to that party and seen Toby outside, I probably would have punched him then. <laughs> I probably would have got up on them then. I probably would have had
0: to punch them then. Now we got to clip that part. and Keep that. That's what we're going. That's good stuff. So let's let's dive into your second year with the Bearcats. From a production standpoint, you averaged nine and eight. Not mm-hmm. as much. I mean, point wise, right. rebound wise, you're about the same. But point wise, um, not as much. Talk about your second year.
1: A second year, it 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 like it, it. I believe it came to be a little more pressure. Um, what do you mean by that like uh basketball wise um school was coming to an end and like I said before I really didn't have any thought of what I would be doing after school and um after you know I had the little meeting with the gym from Portland you know I wanted to do better and I felt like I had to get stronger so I started lifting more and I think that kind of affected my game a little bit you know and coach pushed me and now I'm I'm it's like you go from enjoying the the push that he's giving you to where you're enjoying it but now you you kind of worry the fact that if I'm doing it right if, if, if are they going to look at me the same can I can I, can I make it on this can I make it to the next level can I is you know and then cuz in my my first year I didn't really I didn't give a care. I just went out there and played ball. Mm-hmm. You know, I had some games where I have twenty some points. Some games I had twelve, fifty. Like, you know, my, and then my second year was like, okay, I got to go out here. I got to do this. I got. It was more like a job. Instead of just being out there having fun and, you, and yeah, and when you go out there and play basketball and do it like it's more like a job, you're not gonna be able to be as productive. You gotta go out there and have fun and you know enjoy yourself and do the things you know you can do. Right. And that was the, the thing. The thing about the second year that was different from the first.
0: Now, obviously, you guys did a lot better with mm-hmm. the NCAA tournament run, right. making it to the Elite Eight. Um, talk about that Mississippi State game. You said that uh, you felt like um, you were a big part of uh, the team losing that game
1: oh yeah um Eric Dampier. he didn't have a big night as far as points but uh you know he played a big role on the inside as far as altering shots and yeah. rebounding and stuff like that and um it he was, was tough man he was big he was big you know and um that was the thing that I always, you know, one of my pet peeves because you know I always, I never really did good against bigger guys. I mean, I'm only six nine and three quarters, but only yeah, playing, playing against <laughs> I I you doing. playing against you know guys seven two and yeah, you know, seven feet. It's you you say okay, well that's only a couple of inches, but you forget about a few inches in that arm length. Sure, you know, um, and so it was it was a difference. Like you go up to take a shot and he. And you get it up, and he tipping you you know you're not used to getting your shot blocks, so you get your shot block once or twice and you're like, man well okay now I gotta figure out how I'm gonna attack this guy
2: mm-hmm.
1: and you know be by the time you figure out how to attack him the game over and you you got an l you know it's just kind of you know it's heartbroken and if you remember that game um D'Antonio, D'Antonio Jones got off to a great start against us Keith Keith, Keith Greger was checking him. And um, like I said, like I, I felt like you know, a few more rebounds, uh, a, a few more block shots. You know, mm-hmm. we could have we we could have because we was we was in the game. Yeah, uh, Bullock hit a couple threes. Uh, I forget the other guy name it. They had a they shooters had a good game, and you know we had Darnell had a decent game. It's just that you know I didn't do much. Keith Greger didn't do much. Uh, I think Flint didn't do, they have a good game that game. Mm-hmm. I can't remember who all, but, you know, we were supposed if we had a If we had a guy past Mississippi State, we'd have played Kentucky in the championship because Syracuse wouldn't have been able to do nothing with us.
0: Mm. Did you grow up a Syracuse fan at all?
1: No. I had a guy that went to my high school, Tony Scott, okay. um, who ended up going to Syracuse. Okay. And, you know, that's how kind of, you know, came to like Syracuse a little bit. Like you you from Rochester, you know, you, you grew up watching Syracuse mm-hmm. and the Buffalo Bills and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. And, you, know, you a Bills fan? No, I'm a Giants fan. I'm a real football team fan. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. I don't Bill you know, Bills just like just they just like to play the game. They may who makes it to the Super Bowl four years in a row and don't win one.
0: Okay, alright talk your shit. <laughs> speaking facts, we just speaking facts, that's okay. all you know. Okay. <laughs> so um you guys lose that game versus mississippi state yep. that's your last game wearing a bearcat uniform so in the locker room you're sitting there you know hugs does his thing you know makes his speech what's going through your mind at that point as it hits you this is it that's the only
1: thing that was going through my mind when he took me out of the game a couple of minutes or a minute or so before the game was over it was like one thing you think about, like, man, can we start this game over? Mm-hmm. Can I get this chance to do this over? Like, this is my last game wearing this jersey. Like, nobody wants to play that last college game. Right. Even if you predict it to be uh, first pick in the NBA draft, you don't want to play that last college game unless you really accomplish your goal and mm-hmm. win that championship. Like, and like you said, we were we were we were pretty good. We can play with the best mm-hmm. of them that year. And I think we're at the point in time of that year we were ranked like fourth, third or fourth in the nation. Like mm-hmm. you no. Know, it's
0: do you have any regrets at UC? I
1: can't really say that I regret anything. I mean I wish I could have did some things different. Like possibly making better decisions, you know? Okay. I think that, you know, even being in a situation over there, going over there in the night drinking and getting to the incident with the horse. Um Toby. Toby. My bad. <laughs> my bad, Toby. You know, keep calling you a horse. My no disrespect, Toby. My bad. But you know, just Toby might
0: it, not even be alive anymore. I don't think those horses live like that. Yeah, moment, yeah, that's been a minute too, huh?
1: Yeah, it's been a while. Been a while, right. yeah, yeah. Toby's definitely pushing the roses somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I just I, I don't I try not to re, do the regret thing. Yeah, I just say you know I wish I could have did it this way. I wish I could have did it that way. But I don't regret any of it because I enjoyed it. You know, what I mean I learned from it. And like you said, since I went through it, it's it's, it's good to be able to um, have somebody that went through it to. So now you don't have to go through it. So now if I get the opportunity to, to speak with guys at UC, these young guys who who doing stuff that they think they're the first to do. No, nah, we did it too. Mm-hmm. Guys before us did it too, so don't think that you're the first one to do it. You ain't doing nothing that we did. The right. only thing that you're doing that we ain't did is living in a new facility, mm-hmm. playing ball in a new facility. You got For a sure. new head coach, playing a different style sneaker, but other than that, that's not going to make it.
2: Mm-hmm. You know
1: what I mean? And, you know, being able to share my knowledge, my experience with the uh, younger Bearcat Nation, you know, that would be... That's a great feeling. I, yeah. mean, I hate to sound selfish, but you know, you you help them, but it's a feeling for you that you know makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. And like I told you before, we started the interview. Um, I did a, a non-profitable basketball camp in my hometown, Rochester, New York, where um, I remember one year I gave out a, a MVP to a young lady named Shanice Johnson. Mm-hmm. You familiar with Shanice Johnson? I'm not. Yeah, she played in the WNBA. Um, she actually went on to play at the University of Miami and went on to get drafted to play in the WNBA. And so, okay. you know, I felt pretty good about that because, you know, when she came to my camp, you know, she didn't really want to be there. And
0: how old was she at the time?
1: I had to camp, uh, she had to be around 10 or 11. My camp was like 9, 10, I think it was from 9 to 12. I did a boys and girls co ed camp. Okay. And where you did half a day on the computers. And at the time, there's teaching the kids how to use computers and half a day in the gym. So while the girls were in the computer, the boys would be in the gym, then we'd switch them up, have lunch, and switch them out. And uh, so Shanice kind of um, didn't want to be there. She didn't want to play basketball. And I sat down and talked to her, and I just told her, I said, you know, Shanice, this is an opportunity for you to come in and play some basketball with some of your friends and, you know, run around, and, and you can show them who's best. You can, you know, beat them. And mm-hmm. So she was coming in, and she was winning games. She, hey, all right, every day I, I won, we won, we won. So I was like, yeah, oh, that's good, baby. And I am seeing her, she you know, getting better at the little head ball handling skill because she was a guy. So I'm looking at her i so she's pretty good. Mm-hmm. And so we had the game and she started, you know, you know, pro- doing, being productive in the game. I said, oh, yeah, well, this is going to be her finding. I'm, you know, thinking that she needs to be basketball. I'm talking to her dad like this is this is, this is, is her. So obviously, you know, I lose contact. You know, I keep up with the kids, their kids. I'm not following them and stuff. And, you know, I'm playing basketball, traveling the world. And. Years after, uh, just so happened, I'm coming out of a, a a deli and I come outside and the guy said, Art Long. And I look at him, oh my God, who's this? You were in Rochester? Rochester, okay. yeah. So I'm like, what's going on, man, what's up? And um, he's like, man, I just want to tell you, thank you, man. You don't know who I am. So he got on a Miami un- um, University basketball jersey. So I'm like, nah, man, I, I don't know who you are, man. But he's like, man, I'm Shanice's dad. I'm like, huh? He's like, yeah, Shanice Johnson, you gave her MVP at your basketball camp. I was like, Oh yeah. I said, how's she doing? He's like, man, my baby about to go to the WNBA, man.
2: Mm-hmm. He
1: said, man, we owe all the things to you, man. And you know, anytime you want something you need, call me this and that. But at that point in time, I just had to take my shades off and just like, oh, she playing the WNBA and
2: mm-hmm.
1: I smiled because it was like a feeling I just had to take five seconds just to think like, Whoa, like like like, you know, like I hope she do like the I hope the best she get the best out of it, like you don't you know I mean you don't get a chance to do that All to change somebody's life like yeah. where she was right? like you could tell her like where they from it's not you know where she was now We're where she best. was able to take her family to was mm-hmm. I mean it was, it was it was it was good I was I mean I I felt like that one just that one person from then till now I can't I, I mean it's probably bad to say but I've been content and than just been living off of that, you know, mm-hmm. the fact that you, know, yeah. you go, you know, how many people can say they actually changed one person's life or somebody's life? Not, that's not a child or a sibling or, you know what I mean? Right,
0: like, right. <clears throat> and so. you didn't even know to that point that you had changed her life.
1: Yeah, you didn't know
0: until that the dad had approached yeah. you.
1: After the after the basketball camp, she played high school basketball. I was gone playing basketball. Right. Uh, when she went to college, I was still gone playing basketball and I wasn't keeping up with uh you know a lot of local players and stuff like that, and like you said, when I found out, you know she was on her way to the next level. She actually got drafted by, I believe, it was the Indiana Fever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so um, you know, it felt, good. You know, it felt and, good. And that
0: that brings me to a good point, Art. Your your journey is your journey, regardless of any missteps or however people look at things that happen to you. Mm-hmm. And and Don and I, Don Tony and I, talked about this, but. Your journey is your journey, right. and when you gather up all that data from your journey, and you're able to help somebody else and pass that, you know, hand-me-down knowledge, as I like to call it, onto that next person, it's very fulfilling. Because, like I said before, you can't go back, Art, mm. and you you can't go back to 1994 and step in Clifton on UC's campus. However, you can take that data from that journey. And pass it on to the next person. Exactly. And it sounds like, from what you just said, it's very fulfilling to you by you speaking yeah. about that young lady.
1: I'm quite sure. I'm quite sure everybody who has uh, helped someone in their lifetime have that feeling. And I mean, even if you just help a person, you know, uh, you know, by being there for them emotionally or whatever, like, mm-hmm. you know, that's a feeling that you know you just don't get every day.
0: You know? And this is why I love doing these podcasts because people are going to hear this interview with Art Long. And just by hearing what you just talked about, they're going to forget about that. What you know, whatever their perception was of that horse incident and other things. Right. Now they're now they're hearing <laughs> and starting to see the real Art Long, which, what's what's inside. Right. Correct. Right. That's 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 really the beauty of these things. Now, so I want you to answer this. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think of Art Long with Bearcats as the guy who punch the horse toby Mm -hmm. (laughs) but but how do you judge your bearcat career as a player all that other stuff aside how do you judge your career i mean
1: i felt like i had a a decent career could have been better Mm -hmm. could have been better um i mean obviously we say that now but um i felt like my career wasn't too bad you know basketball wise um Starting out, even I'm talking all the way from high school to the NBA to overseas. Like it wasn't bad. It was, it was an experience. Mm-hmm. You know, you learn. You know, you don't just learn how to communicate with different people or di- with from different places and different languages and stuff, but you learn attitudes and you know, you know people's. You know thoughts, you know mm-hmm. how these people think, like you, and you see, and you get a chance to see the difference, how how different the world is, mm. you know, and. Cause you play it all around the world? Yeah, and, and 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 just playing basketball, period. You get a chance to play against people all around, from all around the world. So, you don't actually have to travel, but you can still, you know, play against these teams. Like you see a lot of NBA teams now, or you know, bringing guys from Europe. Mm-hmm. The same way you're bringing guys from America, so. But that was one of the biggest things I think that I think that was good for me, just being able to, you know, get to meet people and, you know, um, like traveling. I mean, I used to I used to be a little bit more better, like speaking Spanish and mm-hmm. stuff like that. You mm-hmm. know, knowing a little Ukraine, understanding yeah. a little Ukraine stuff like that. So, yeah,
0: it had its pluses. You feel up? Like, do you feel like that experience of playing professionally? You grew up in in a certain way, personally. By being exposed to a lot of different cultures and people, well, I
1: think it definitely um, it it definitely helped you to grow up and you learn because, like I said, you grow up and you're playing you you playing basketball. You make pretty decent money, you know. You, you have to you have to start you have to make better decisions. You have to start making better decisions. You know what I mean? And that's something like I said, like a guy like myself. I didn't I wasn't able to do that because. I'm not going to say I wasn't able to. I didn't do that because um, I felt like, you know, I was just like live like I said, live my life for the moment, you know. Mm-hmm. I was just young. I you know, want to enjoy myself all the time, you know, finally making decent money, able to help my family. I'm okay, I, I want to hang out, mm-hmm. you know. And, you know, I can't say I regret it, but if I had the opportunity to do it different, I probably would have been, some of that stuff would have been definitely been done different. Mm-hmm. Maybe spend a little more time in the gym working on my jump shot. Knowing that my I had, all I needed was a jump shot to be a a great three man or something mm. like that, you know. Mm. And you know, like like you like you said, you don't. Know, at that point in time, I didn't have guys tell me like, yeah, all right, come on, man, you do this, you you can you gonna be in the NBA. And, and you know, actually, I, I actually my big brother, God bless his soul, I just lost him to uh coronavirus. Wow. And, um sorry. He, he's from right here, in Cincinnati, Montez mm. Johnson. Mm. Um. Used to always talk to me, and you know he, you know, and, and and he was my big brother, my mentor, but still it was more or less like I would get out there and that you know that conversation only lasts for so long, and you still you know you do it because you're young, but at the same time he was my age and he telling me right from wrong, but you know at the same time some of the stuff he don't see it as being wrong, but another person might see. It. So you didn't mm-hmm. have that, I didn't have that, the other. Professional outlook, yeah. You know what I mean, or yep. just that, and and I think that that's was different nowadays for a lot of guys, because you have a lot more, you have a lot of more things that are um, accessible for these guys that, that help them um, move on in their career to mm-hmm. better themselves as a person, not even just basketball, right? You know, and um, that's big, you know, because you know, like everybody's not gonna make it to the next level, right? And that's one thing that coach always <clears throat> dwelt on us, like you know. This is not going to be a lifetime job for all of you guys. You right. And some of you guys end up working nine to 5, and that's exactly what I'm doing. Working a <laughs> right. nine to five right, right now. So, you know, it's.
0: How, how was your experience in the NBA?
1: Like none other. <laughs> like none other. I was, mean, your,
0: was your longest um, stay with the Supersonics? Is that uh, right? Or
1: Well, I. I've, each, I've played for numerous teams for Like, I stayed in Super Science for a year, and I've played for a couple of different teams where I've actually been on a team for a year. Okay. Seattle was where I, was where I uh, played more. Okay. I actually, was, I actually was starting in Seattle. I think I started, like, 40 games, 30 games or something out there. Who'd you play with? Who was on the in team? In Seattle, Gary Payton, Rashard Lewis, Desmond Mason, oh. uh, Vin Baker, Calvin Booth, Brent Berry. Okay. Uh, yeah. we Coach Mack was the head coach. Okay. McMillan. Mm-hmm. Coach McMillan was the head coach. Mm-hmm. And um that was that that was, you know, that was one of the experiences of a lifetime. And the thing about it, I kinda I think I kinda pushed myself out. Because uh, I had an incident with Gary Payton. I had a, I had an incident with Gary Payton and um Coach Matt came to me and was like, All right, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. And I was upset with Gary, so I go in the locker room he and He talks um, a lot. He talks a lot. Man. He oh, about to tell you man. the instant how we got into it was so crazy because we had a game the night before. I popped open, wide open in the flash under the basket. I just popped open like yo, and the gym was quiet. And Gary said, "Get the f out of there, move." So I'm like, "Damn, we playing basketball. I got a wide open shot. He didn't give me the ball, and I just slide to the other side. So it doesn't affect." So the next day in practice, Randy Livingston get called up. And um, I'm sitting on the side because my hamstring was still bothered me. I had just a sprained hamstring. So I'm telling Randy about something, and Gary screams at me, it's not your team. Shut the F up. I'm like, huh, oh, what are you talking to? You tripping, man. Like, oh. Coach told me to go in the locker room and get some treatment. He has a talk with Gary. He come in and tell me that it's not my fault. But on his way back out, Gary's like, man, whatever, all that is and that. So as I'm, I go in the locker room to get my treatment. I'm in the locker room talking on the phone. And I'm telling my friend, yeah man I should punch Gary in his mouth you know he keeps talking messing with me man all the stuff I do for him they don't never give me the ball I'm, 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 I'm whining mm-hmm. and I turn around and coach like ah. so he goes back out and um, he, t- he talks to coach Magnum. so I have to go upstairs and talk to the GM was it Rick's son at the time? I believe it was Rick's son okay. so I go up to talk to the GM and he's like alright um, you and Gary have to you know get over this and you know, be bigger man, And I was like, yeah, I just don't know why Gary treating me like this. And you know, I'll do anything for him or whatever. And he's like, all right, what do we have to do to make you feel like you're a part of the team? And so I looked at him like, oh man, I'm just happy to be here, man. I don't, he's like, you just happy, you just happy to be here. I'm like, yeah, I'm just happy to be here. You know, you know, at that point in time, he was offering me a contract, and I didn't know it because I didn't. <laughs> So he says, "So you, what are you gonna do? Are you, are you traveling with the team to uh, San Antonio, or are you staying here?" I said, "You know what, Rick? Son? I said, I think you guys can just send me home."
2: Hmm.
1: My agent, my agent called me. He was like, "Yo, what's wrong? With you? What, what's, what's on your mind? Are you all right?" Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Huh?" He's like, "Do you ask the team to send you home?" I was like, "Yeah," because I don't want to go down there, man. Like, I don't want to be around Gary. My agent hung up on me. <laughs> yeah. He didn't give me another job, but Seattle wanted to sign me back. They didn't sign C Andrew Cisse uh, and gave Jerome James $33 million.
2: Mm-hmm. Jerome
1: James was sitting on the bench. I used to watch Vin Baker, Jerome James, and Calvin Booth we were all making over $10 million a year, and I was making a, a measly 400000 or 500000 and I was jumping ball, looking at them, and we all had a little thing where they jump ball, you know, the X-Factor, all three, we were really the four big men on the team, so mm-hmm. I'd go like this, and they be sitting over there, and I. It wasn't about the money so much. Like I said, it was just I just happy to be there playing mm-hmm. basketball. Playing basketball, you get on the court and you you don't think about nothing. It's just basketball. Mm-hmm. You, you your mind is relaxed. Your mind not into all the other things that you got going on in the world. And so, like like I said, the money wasn't never. I can't say it wasn't a need, but I wasn't thinking about it. I wish I had said the right thing now, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I'm sitting here working a nine-to-five. I could have been having somebody work for me, but,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, this is what God set yes. out for me, and this is my, this is what it is. So, you know, I don't think negative about it. I don't, I'm not upset.
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: I made pretty decent money. I lived a pretty good life, you know, and so I think now it's, like you said, it's time for me to be able to try to, Share my experiences, my knowledge, you know, with um, younger guys, and that's how you know that's what's just gonna make this world, this place, period, just a better place. People just sharing. that. you don't, even, it doesn't even have to be basketball all the time, you know? right? You know, what I mean? people like a lot of times I'll be riding down the street and I see little kids with their basketball on the curb. You know, I stop and I, I bet you can't dunk that, or I bet you can't make no shot. Do this, do that, and they have a ball, and I just look at them like, like they don't even know, like. If mm-hmm. I get out of this car and show them one or two moves <laughs> that they can use it for a lifetime to make a make a lifetime out of it, right? You know what I mean. But that's something like you know that uh, you know, like I said, I'm moving back to try to move back to Cincinnati. So that's something that I probably have an opportunity to to do when I'm here more often. You know, to you know, what I mean go up to the practices and speak to the the recruits and the guys and help them to understand that this is a beginning. This mm-hmm. could be the beginning of your life. Mm-hmm. You know, because now you're not you're not living under the roof of mom and dad or whoever raised you. Now you're out here in this world, and you have to make these decisions for yourself. And you're gonna be put in some situations to where you have to make decisions that's gonna be either or a life. It could be a life changing decision.
2: Right? Mm-hmm.
0: And you've got some examples along your path to share with them. <laughs> you've got to say, you <laughs> You can go this way. Yeah. And here's what could happen. Exactly. In art, I do want to do. And I've got a script of a lot of things that I wanted to talk to you about. Mm-hmm. But I do want to do a part two um, of our interview at, at, at another time. Because mm-hmm. I do want to talk about some of the issues that happened in 2015. Right. But I want to, I want to share that for... 2013. Was it 2013? Yeah. Okay. I, w- I want to talk about that. But I want to do that on a part two because it got me thinking about... A, I've got an idea for mm-hmm. that particular <laughs> podcast. So, But I do want to focus in... Um, as you look at the NBA today, right, great. 2010 we, or 2020, we just finished watching uh, the Heat and Lakers. I'm sure you watched the majority of that series. Yeah. Are, are there, when, when you watch that, do you look at that game now? And I've talked to other former players who are like, man, if I played in this generation with my skill set, man, I would have been a great fit. Hmm. I feel like you would have been a great fit in today's game. You agree with that?
1: I kinda I kinda like the way they play ball now because it's more it's more up and down, mm-hmm. more running and like you said, I was a f tall I'm six nine and athletic, so in today's game that's what you see, slashers. You know, people that's athletic, able to cut to the basket, finish shots. Uh, on the defensive end, block shots, chain shots, stuff like that. The game is not so much, you know, okay, set up, set a pick, this and that. You know, everything's pick and roll and get to the basket. Mm-hmm. And that, that that the game just got a lot simpler. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? For, when we played the game, we ran a motion at UC where, you know, Everybody's moving at the same time, mm-hmm. and you would say there's for no reason, but it's really a reason. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just to keep the defense occupied. He, he got to watch you if you're moving. You can't sit there and watch the ball. Mm-hmm. And um, coach, like I said, that's a play that you look at. You look, look at Golden State. That's the same offense. Golden State run, a mm-hmm. motion offense. Yeah. And um, everybody's moving. It was just that. So like, I, I felt like I was when I was with Coach Huggins. We ran that motion, but my game, I felt like I had to keep it in here because, you know, I know if I took this shot or I did this wrong, mm, coach taking you out of the game. <laughs> and who wants to come out of the game? Right. If somebody came to the basket and dunked on me and I jumped and I tried to block and he, I'm talking about, dunked it and yammed it on me hard, coach would be like this on the sideline. I'm like, are you are you clapping? I just got dunked on. he have to explain to me, no, I'm clapping because you were there to attempt to stop him from mm-hmm. dunking. At least I know you didn't get that one, but you'll get one of them. You're, right. So you are standing there like, okay.
2: Mm-hmm. So, and
1: that's Coach's way. But if I didn't jump for that block, and it was Donnell's man who beat me, beat him to the basket, and he got a dunk, and I was right there, I'm coming out of the game. I'm like, Coach, that was Donnell's man. Yeah, but you didn't block your shot. And keep moving. Right. And I'll be sitting there like, <laughs> are you serious? Mm-hmm. But, you know, that, 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 that was an experience. Like, every, like, like, I felt like, like I said, everything was – Kept in like, cause you wanted to make sure you do everything right, mm-hmm. and that's what do. he do. He he drills you and drills you till you just become a perfectionist. I'm looking at the leaves outside. Like I need to get my leaf blower. This ain't how this yard post look. This is a beautiful house. Oh, we got to get this <laughs> thing together. This is, you know what I mean? this is, I'm a perfectionist. This is what coach like. Whenever you know. I do, I want to do it the right way because. What he told us is do it the right way the first time so nobody had to come back and do it behind you.
0: Mm-hmm. When you were at UC, what do you think your your strongest attribute to the team was? Come
1: on, man. You're going to see me that question.
0: I, I want you to tell the bear. I think they,
1: I think they know that. I mean, I was a, more of a, a, a rebounder, block shot. Mm-hmm. I, th- I passed Corey my first year. Was it my first year? Or did I pass him my second year? I think it was my second year. I passed Corey. And then Kenyon, he passed me, but it took him four years. Yeah, Ken, four years. I did it in two. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, defensive my defensive skills. Because, you know, all, I, I was I was decent on offense. It was just so, like I said, you know, it's a, that it, when you play for Huggins, it's always in your head. If you miss this shot, you're coming out of the game. Hey, pass. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You do the LeBron in the last second. Yeah, yeah, Here yeah. you go. Take right, this. Right. You take the shot. You <laughs> right. know what I mean? But, you know, I mean, it's an experience. And I, I tell you, man, playing for coach, Coach Huggins, mm. if you if you get the opportunity to play for Coach Huggins, you can play anywhere in the world
2: on any yeah. level. Yeah, yeah,
1: Yeah. that's true story. Like I mean, wherever I went, no matter where I went, no matter who I played for, they was always admiring me the fact that I knew how to play defense.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: How, how you know to beat the coach? We on, we're all on the rope. Yeah, you know, how a guy could come in and take a charge on me. You know how I got my. Um, I'm gonna say this before we go, but you know how I really got my my shine off in the NBA. Uh, it was one day we was playing. Uh, we played the we played the Clippers the night before. We played the Lakers the night after. We played the Clippers. I got in and had a pretty good game. I got a picture. You got some site you can see I dunked on Ola McCamby. And we went to the timeout. And when I was coming to the timeout, um, I was you know I don't like you said I don't smile too much. Mm-hmm. I get emotional when I run my mouth, but I don't smile and it's not people think I am mean. So when I'm coming to the bench, everybody like pushing on me like yo and they going crazy. And so I kind of like, I'm feeling like, damn what y'all talking about, it's just a dunk, like, you know what I mean? And So I go out and we and I'm all excited and I catch a block and I, and I block a shot and it's the guy from uh, In Living Single where they always wear the shades, they flipped up, Dwayne, Dwayne Johnson? Uh, Dwayne Wayne. Dwayne Wayne. Mm-hmm. So when I block the shot the ball he's behind the basket. The ball roll, he rolls the ball and he's like, Whew. and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> looking at him, shaking my head like, yeah. And so I kind of felt it. And so the night after that, the first quarter, Coach tried Jerome. Shaq killing him. He put Calvin out there. Shaq, I'm Calvin under the basket. So far, he he like he in the first row audience, mm-hmm. and uh, he called my number. And I look, and I said, "You call me, Coach." And he looked at me again. I, by that time, I'm un, I'm undressed that scores table. So I get in the game, and um, I I actually go up and I'm, I'm playing pretty good against Shaq. I'm. Alternate shot and everything. I'm just, you know, because I'm, having, I'm just bouncing. up I'm, I'm, Matter of fact, the first shot Shaq took when I jumped, I said, "Oh, he ain't even that big. I can block this."
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So there's a few plays. I think he went to shoot another hook, and I finger tipped it. Boom. Mm-hmm. And Shaq so said, "Good block." <laughs> <was> like, what? <laughs> you yeah, good, good, <laughs> tell my name. You so, know my name. Mm-hmm. So um, we uh beat the Lakers that night, and I go mm-hmm. in the locker room. And I'm sitting there. I'm getting undressed. Everybody celebrating, slapping me on the top of my head. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know what's going on, but we just won a game. I, I think I had four points or two points. Everybody keeps slapping me in my head for it. And I look up, and all just like these mics in front of me. And I got ten mics in front of me, and I'm looking like, what's going on? He's like, Hey, all right, you had a good game today. How does it feel? I said, Man, we won. You know, uh, Coach gave me a chance to play. It was fun. And um, one of the reporters said, Uh. Man, how does it feel to be able to stop the most dominant player in the world from hitting the shot in the game? And I looked up, and I see, oh, I see ESPN, uh, LA News, and tennis. I said, is, uh, is Shaq going to see this? Uh? And somebody said, yeah, he'll probably read this interview. He'll probably see I said, you know what? Shaq missed the shot. I was just in the right place at the right time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, I appreciate y'all giving me this opportunity. But the thing was, mm-hmm. like, I knew not to say, that yeah, it felt good to block Shaq. This is not because you know. Next time I see Shaq, man, it would have never personal. been hour long. I, yeah, it was personal. Maybe the man Shaq would have put me in the, under <laughs> his shoe. I watched him do it against Scott Parler You don't, you don't do that. Shaq was the most dominant. Like I'd never seen anything like it on the basketball court. Yeah, and people got to understand that a guy at that size to be able to move and do the things at that size. when I, mean, I say size. it's about that weight.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Like, I'm, I'm almost, I'm 200, I played in the a, in a league, in the NBA, at 265, 270 70 pounds. Me, Art Long, slim me. Mm-hmm. And Shaq tried to tell me he's not 300-plus pounds when he was playing in the NBA. Mm. You tell me, Shaq, you're not 30 pounds heavier than me at 7'2"? Your shoe was 22? Yeah. Man, Shaq was playing had to be 330, 340. Mm. And when he put that on you right there, yep. if you don't hold your ground, thank you, Mickey, I was able to hold my ground. But, yeah. Coach Huggins, thanks, but... If you put that on, you on hold your ground. You, in the bucket. Man, his butt big as his table. <laughs> y'all mean the same way. You think just y'all mean he's seven six. I got a picture right. Uh, y'all mean dunking on me when I was with Philly. <laughs> and
0: you saved
1: it. Yeah, I mean people always send my send me stuff, but oh, that's my old picture you UC. But I got a picture of y'all mean dunking on me, and this you see how big it is. It's, it's crazy, like you know. I don't even know where it's at. Didn't you? Did you dunk on Kevin Garnett? Yeah, I got a picture of that too. That's the one right there you're talking about.
0: Yeah, that's. <laughs> now you, t- you you talk about another shit talker. KG. KG. The, oh, he does his mouth.
1: And you know what? It's all a part of the game. Yeah. And if you ever watch Jordan come fly me, he tell you that's a part of his game. Yeah. I remember he did it to me. Jordan, I was the first time I played against Jordan. He was in Washington. I was in Seattle. Mm. <clears throat> and um.
0: The Wizards, Mike. Or
1: did I come in the game, or did he come? I believe I came in the game. And Coach Mack just said, "Don't get into his, don't get into his trans, don't get into his trans." That's what he telling me as he going to game. Don't get into Jordan, what he does. Mm. And I fell off into it. Uh, <laughs> go to the foul line. I go to the on the foul line. You know, at the bottom block, and Jordan's next to me. Hey, Art. I'm like thinking to myself, "Damn, this man know my name." Hey, MJ. MJ, you call me MJ. Everybody call me the Godfather. Well, I'm, st- I'm talking to him and the guy's shooting a shot. Mm. And everybody called me the Godfather. And I'm looking at him like, oh my bad Godfather. <laughs> and he steps in and when he steps in front of me so hard, boom, and just pushed me back, the bar, I'm not even I'm not even in rebound position. I'm not even in rebound position. He already mm. stepped. In. I said, Oh my god, he got me. And I look back as I'm running up the court and Coach Mack walking the other way from the bench with his hands folded like
0: shaking his head.
1: I know. I know exactly what he was saying. I just told that fool not to fall <laughs> into his trance, yeah. and he walked right out there and fell right. And he, and that's a part of the game. That's part of basketball. Yeah. Trash talking. Some guys nowadays tell you a little bit, but KG had talked trash to you for 48 minutes on the basketball court and be trying to buy you drinks all night. Right. He's a good guy. He's not. I mean, people look at Rashid Wallace as a as a, a butt face. He's mm-hmm. not. Rasheed is a, a man. He, yo, know, that dude was a. That's a good dude. Mm-hmm. Rashid Wallace. I mean. And, you know, people look at us from the outside and be like, think that, you know, because we're so emotional on the basketball court that we're bad, bad people. people. But basketball has done so much for us that we really, really, really love the game. Right. We really love the game. And, like, we get, we become to be sometimes too emotional, you know, with them. But, you know, that's why as a professional, you know, you have that under control.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, the, 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 the coaches and GM, they understand that. You know, but now when you're dealing with guys on the college level, these guys get emotional and, you know, they don't understand how to, you have to control that. You know what I'm saying? And if you don't control it, you're going to end up over there sitting next to the coach. And if they, and then if you wanted a the better players who are supposed to be on the court, you're going to hurt yourself. You're going to hurt your career.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because, you know, back then we didn't have podcasts. You know, you didn't right. have this, but now you, you have the podcast now. Right. Which helps, but, you know... People, you know, just didn't. They wasn't able to share, you know, everything. I guess. I mean, yeah.
0: No, I, I I, I'm with you. mm -hmm. So let let me do this quick, Art. Mm -hmm. I like to do towards the tail end of the podcast. I like to do this quick questions, quick answers. Right, right, right. Okay. You ready for this? Nope. All right. Quick questions, quick answers with Art Long. Number one, being a basketball guy, you have to be in the shoes. I'm a big shoe guy. Okay. What is your number one shoe of all time, Art? Of all time?
1: I like the Charles Barkley's. Really? Yeah. The all black? The uh, the all black and gray and white ones? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Comfortable shoe there. Yep. Comfortable.
0: Those are dope. Mm-hmm. Number two, what current NBA player in today's game mm-hmm. do you think plays most like how you played? Like when you watch a guy, you say, man, that's how I played.
1: Um i I would, I would probably say Dwight mind. Howard. Okay. I mean Dwight Howard, you know, block shots, rebounds. You know, get his low ten, twelve points here and there for mm-hmm. Lakers. You know.
0: That's good. Number three. Now we're gonna take you back to let's say nineteen ninety four. Mm-hmm. All right, playing for the Bearcats. All right, big game. What pump up music? Did you listen to what was in your, was you, you yeah. have a CD player back then, or Walkman? Yeah.
2: CD, it? CD,
1: about okay. to say it wasn't MP3, <laughs> we didn't have none of that stuff no, then. but no. we 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 would always listen to uh, a little bit of everything, we used to listen to the, but uh, you were an East Coast guy, so. But actually I was more into the the down South Midwest music because I was already out here, so okay. we would listen to the the Hot Boys and. Stuff like that. I mean, we Wang, played our yeah, yeah. masterpiece. I mean, you know who did the music. You know who always had a, the pump up music. You, you, if you know him, you know he was the one always do it Damon Flint. <laughs> he always had the music for the locker room. Come in and turn the music on, and we just go with whatever he go with, and right. we be in there vibing and listening to the music. But it was whatever. So the hot boys. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Gotcha.
1: Some, some sort of hip, sort of hip hop.
0: Gotcha. Okay. My my favorite question. All right, mm-hmm. question number four, the last question. Thinking about your Bearcat career, if you could pick one player from your Bearcat career, okay, one player, you had to go to battle, and you had to take one guy with you to go to battle, and you know you're not gonna lose with this guy. Mm-hmm. Who's that one guy? My ace, Danny. Danny Fortson.
2: Why? Guy.
1: Why? Me and Danny was like, the same way me and Corey is like, Danny, st- I stayed upstairs, he stayed downstairs and we was like almost inseparable. hmm Like, <laughs> people, This just how it was on the court. Coach made us like, man, that's my dude. Mm-hmm. Coach made us that way. Mm-hmm. Because that's the way we're taught. The big men take care of each other, and so it was like that on the court and off the court. Mm-hmm. You know, like Danny is Danny. That's my guy, man. Yeah, for that's sure. That's my guy. Like I didn't, I haven't. The crazy thing about it, since I've been coming down, I haven't been able to see him. I haven't get chance, got chance to, because you know he'd be he move around. He still do his thing, but yep. you know he lives
2: here,
1: mm-hmm. and um, I haven't got a chance to see him. But I can't wait. You know, I, I'm actually on my way to go, supposed to go see Damon now, but okay. No, yeah, I can't wait because you know he's still funny as I don't know oh, what I know. But uh,
0: we interviewed him too. Yeah, if I if I got go
1: anywhere with the attitude that Danny carries is the same attitude that I carry. You know, we both want want it done right. Mm-hmm. You know, we want, and you know it's all about respect. You know, respect people, people respect you back. Yeah, you know, we both like to have fun. You know, we. The night of the horse, we had too much fun, but <laughs> but we learned from it, you know. I mean, it, and, and 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 it didn't cost my life, and didn't cost my career. Cause like I said, I still had a second chance. I went on, to, you know, to to play in the NBA and travel the world, and you know, got a chance. A lot of people don't get that experience. Mm-hmm. You know, I actually had a chance to experience, and and I felt like part of the reason why I was able to get that experience was because of Danny. Yeah, you know, what I mean, and why could I not love my man for that?
0: Good stuff. So, um, like I said, when I tweeted out that I was going to interview you, um, I usually ask the the Bearcat fans on Twitter to send me any questions they might have Mm -hmm. for my guest. So, Art, I went through and I picked uh, four questions in particular from Mm -hmm. Twitter to Mm -hmm. ask you. So, I'm going to start with Justin Wander wants to know, what country did you like playing in the best when you played professionally overseas? France. France? Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Which which league is that? The French was the, I was actually in the Super Euro League. Okay. Super
0: Euro League. That's one of the best, right? That's like the the best, best,
1: right? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, France is different. France is nice. I mean, it's clean, clean. Mm -hmm. Like, you're very romantic. You know what I mean? Europe itself is just different. Yeah. And I just loved France. I guess the reason I like France so much because we were undefeated. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was playing for uh, Leon. And uh, we were undefeated in uh, the French League, and we had only had one loss in the Super Euro League, and we had that loss against the Russian team, Seska, which was uh, Korda Kinko, the guy that played at New
2: that,
1: mm-hmm. uh He was uh, uh, playing for them at the time, and we ended up losing to him. Mm-hmm. And we put a whooping on Tony Parker that year, too.
0: Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah. Wow. He turned out to be pretty good. I never thought.
1: Honestly, I gave guys my opinion. I I didn't think he was gonna be that good. Yeah. I told him he didn't because he didn't have a jump shot. I always thought that was because at that point in time, that's what you had in the NBA Gosh, mm-hmm. that shoot jump yeah. shots. So now here comes Tony Parker looking like another AI with speed because I think AI was the only real guard with that super super speed now it mm-hmm. comes Tony Parker which worked out fine for him.
0: but you know it, it also and you know this in the league it depends on the system you get in exactly and he got in the right system with the Spurs well that works
1: out, not just the league that works out high school college wherever True. you that's how the system goes in this business
0: yeah so uh, Cincy Huffman asked um, who talked the most trash on the Bearcat team when you played was it you was it me man no
1: <laughs> you got you got you got i got damon flint on the team with me <laughs> damon flint talking trash to other team when we pull up at the hotel on the bus and he's still on the bus and they on the bus like damon damon used to talk to somebody but it's, it's all in fun he's just joking yeah you laughing
2: yeah you it, gotta know damon yeah you yeah. gotta know
1: man that dude funny as all mm-hmm. outdoors man that's my guy like be talking trash, telling talk guys that you shooting the jump shot, you're shooting it the wrong way. And yeah, it damages, man. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, um, my next one here is uh, at Tyler Bubbles 12. He wants to know, we kind of dove into this, but what was it like? We We talked about Danny as a person, you talked about that, but what was it like playing alongside Danny Fortson? Is his question because you guys had different. You know, obviously Styles, mm-hmm. um, but playing alongside of him, what was that like for you?
1: I mean, like you said, we we had different styles, but Danny's style complimented my game. Absolutely, and my style complimented his game. You know, with um, that. and that's what you know. Coach was aiming for, and we 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 about we know we about perfected it. You know, what I mean, we probably could have if we if I had had another year with Danny, would have been we probably would have mm-hmm. went undefeated. Mm-hmm. Like you know, what I mean. It was uh, it was the it was, was a great feeling knowing that you got him on the other side. Yeah, you know, yep, that's the great feeling. Two different styles that fit I know, so well together. I know, I know when he when I take a shot, he gonna be in the vicinity or in this vice versa, and yeah. that's what pushed us. That's what take care of each other. If I get the ball high, I know he ducking in. If he he gonna either make space for me to drive the basketball, he gonna make space where I can
0: just roll the ball to him. He can lay it up, mm-hmm. and it was a ball playing with him. Well, last question here from Twitter. Jennifer Ferry told me to ask you, what was it like living in the Sawyer dorm? <laughs> <It's> <laughs> and I picked that one because she said she lived in the dorm, that same dorm and would always see you in the elevator. They tore that dorm down, by the way.
1: Yeah, I see they rebuilt it. Something that, nice over there or something. Is that they've a, got all kind
0: of nice stuff over yeah, there Yeah, campus now. look all different. Right.
1: I don't, I'm, I'm lost getting on campus.
0: I am Sawyer too.
1: Hall. <laughs> well, the, I was with a guy the other day, uh what's his name? John Johnson. He stayed downstairs from us in Sawyer. He's a good good friend of Flint. He was with Flint. Sawyer was like um let me see. I don't know, Sawyer is like you uh apartment building on Venice Beach, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All day part you you coming in, you coming in from practice, somebody telling you about a little get-together they're having upstairs or mm-hmm. down the hall or somebody cooking dinner and, you know, playing basketball, because the University of Cincinnati is a predominantly basketball school. I mean, you know, so playing basketball for UC, you know, you get a lot of love. Yeah. And just coming to Sawyer Hall, boy, you know, telling who cooking or who got something for you or what's going on. And all the football players used to, used to want to be in Sawyer Hall. hmm because then again, it was a co-ed dorm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that's so, what she, yes, you're saying. so that was one of the, you know, big things about it, you know, being living in co-ed, a co-ed dorm.
0: Gotta be careful. And sorry, you get lost in the sauce. Yeah, I was
1: blessed both years. I had my own room. Mm. Hmm. No. <laughs> yeah. He said, hmm. <laughs> yeah, so I was, able, I was able to live a little bit. Yeah.
0: So, okay. Uh, got a couple more things for you and then we'll, we'll finish up here. Uh, you, you you told me that uh, you'd like to move back to Cincinnati and, and live here. I think that would be a great idea on a, on a lot of different fronts. And One of the reasons why, Art, is – and I've talked to Coach Brandon, John Brandon, the new head coach, and I think he has a mindset and he has a great mentality for getting former players back involved mm-hmm. in the program. I think – um, we haven't seen a coach really want to embrace the former players like, yeah. like he's doing. And so I think it would be great for you to be close to the program to not only talk with him, come to Bearcat Games, yeah. but like I said earlier, to mentor um, these the young players. Yeah. Like like you paired up with, with, with Chris Vote and, and talking with him and giving him that, – that could be basketball-specific, but then you can give some life-specific – um, advice to a Trey Scott, right?
1: Right, all around, You yeah, on the court, off the court it's all the same.
0: And I think that's valuable like, you know, some people might look at some of the steps in your journey those may have been tough steps but that could help somebody else in a, in a huge way and so I, I could definitely make that happen for you get you in touch with Coach Brandon and uh, you know, definitely get you Appreciate hopefully you. all this yeah, you're I welcome, mean, get this COVID stuff out the way Yeah, it's been tough Yeah, and uh, definitely get you involved. Um, So were you watching Bearcat games in Columbus? Still still supporting the Bearcats?
1: Are you you understanding that I'm a Bearcat? No, I'm with you.
0: I want want the Bearcat
1: fans to hear this. I was was late getting to the football game last year. I was going to go to the Ohio State Bearcat football game. I had a couple guys come up from Cincinnati. That was at Ohio State. That was in Ohio State. yep and I was late getting there, and um, as I got on the pound, I see a few guys from Cincinnati with Ohio State jerseys on, a few people, I say, what, what, "What? what is this? hmm And you coming up here to see me, you got on Ohio State jersey, yeah, man, I just I spilled some of my Bearcat and you disrespect, you didn't wash it?
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so people know, that our Long-Blade's Bearcat, man, yep, I'm a Bearcat it. for life, like, you know, I always, I you know, it bothered me when Coach, you know, you know, went to West Virginia. Like I always, it's it's different. Like yeah, it yeah. just don't seem like Bearcat without that trap. Like you know what I mean, um, you no, know, I guess the guy I never got to meet. What's his name, Mick or Nick? The old M- coach, um,
0: Mick Cronin.
1: Mick Cronin. But mm-hmm. now we have Coach John coach, Brandon. Coach John Brandon, who well, I think you really like. I've, I've, I've heard so much about him. Good things, you yeah. know. Um, I believe it was Coyle or Dame. Somebody was telling me, like, yeah, this coach here. Yeah. You know, we might be able to talk to the guys, get the guys back on the right track. Yep. Even just yesterday, I was talking to an ex-football player, and, and he was like, yeah, I remember we was ranked that He was like, we was talking about basketball. He's like, no, I'm not, I mean, talking about basketball. man. You see, we basketball. Yeah, like, yeah. And that's what we got to get back to, man. Like, to get back to having our team our, on primetime TV, you know, filling up, filling the, the what they call it, it's not the shoemaker anymore. Fifth
0: Third Arena. Fifth Fifth Third Arena. Fifth Third
1: Arena. It'll always be the shoe, though. Yeah, it'll always right. be the shoe. But I make sure everybody know that. I know that they changed the name, <laughs> but it's still the shoe. Absolutely. And um, you know, just get back filling the shoe up and just get Bear Bearcat bring Bearcat basketball to Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's 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 my goal. That's what I would love to do. Like. We need to get we get the top recruits, and I mean that's just
0: let's let's do it. Yeah, I, I'm gonna make sure we get you to a game, um, and I'll make sure we get you connected with Coach Brandon for yeah. sure. It'd be I, nice to say I talk to him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and he would he would definitely love to love to hear your more of your story. Right. Um, and speaking of more of your story, I think it would be good for us to do a part two at some point. That'd be that'd be nice. But yeah. I think what we talked about today was was really good because I think. You know, there were times, man. You leaned back and you started opening up and sharing everything, and that's that's what the Bearcat fans want to want to hear because you got to remember, Art, you were part of during that time. You were part of the, you know, a lot of people look at that Final Four, your Mm -hmm. era with Ken, as a golden era of UC basketball. Right, Right. And people look at, you know, a lot of the players on, and they put them on a pedestal.
1: Yeah, from that '94 to that '90, from 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 the '94 team to the the team that I played on in '96, um, yeah, that was like a, a time in UC basketball where we made change. We went from winning ten games a season to winning thirty games a season. You know, so Coach Huggins—that was the, the era of the, the Bob Huggins era. Man,
0: Hugs Hugs changed it. Oh, man. Well, all right, man, I want to thank you, man, uh, for coming on the podcast. I, I really appreciate you hitting me up to do this face-to-face. No problem. No problem. No problem. I never no problem. get to do this. I appreciate y'all having me, too. No problem. Yeah, yeah man. absolutely, man. So I want to thank everybody for listening to another episode of the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. You can follow me on social media. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Alex underscore Meacham. Meatron spelled M E A C H A M. I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn. I'm on Snapchat at Big Meach Forty One, and because of my producer Stu Holt, I'm on TikTok art. Which well, means I gotta, I gotta get out there and dance a little bit or something. Your, your TikTok thing? I, know, I, don't, I haven't
1: even tried that. but I just keep trying to get me on that TikTok.
0: Yes, yeah, it's, it's something I don't know if I want to do, but but he pressured me, man. It was like he be bullied me under getting TikTok. I think the
1: phone do most of the work, right? Yeah, you just yeah. gotta show your face. Yeah. yeah.
0: See, you give <laughs> See. it a shot. <laughs> no, that, he's a real man. he <laughs> got me over here doing this TikTok thing. So Good. I appreciate everybody listening to the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. Go Bearcats.